Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Here we go. Game of the century, plus monster college games. We got gambling notes today, fantasy notes, baseball's final weekend. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. And one place to start is with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise, no fool. And Dan Graziano, my insider extraordinaire, is here in studio. We just finished up Get Up, and we will chat now about this game that we are building, and I think rightfully so, is the game of the century. They've been playing pro football for 102 years in this country, Dan, and I think in in the regular season, it is hard to imagine that there's ever been a game that had as much going on in it as this one does. I mean, how often do you have a quarterback that has played for one team for 20 years, won six championships, and is going back there after having left for one year and won a championship somewhere else, and it's the same coach? I mean, it's, it's an unprecedented storyline. It's fantastic. Oh, and by the way, unless they hold him under 68 passing yards, he's going to break the all-time NFL passing yards records in Foxborough. Yeah. Like, are they going to put something on the board when it happens? Are they going to cheer when it happens? All kinds of fun storylines in this. Well, the fans are a big part of this. We played some sound bites on Get Up this morning from fans calling into local talk shows in Boston, and it seemed to be sort of a a mixed bag of of their expectation. What do you expect from the ancillary stuff? The fans, the greeting on the field. What are you expecting from all of the sidebar? I think when Brady shows up, he will get an, an ovation, uh, a show of appreciation from the Foxborough fans. I mean, how how could it be otherwise, honestly? I think when he throws his first touchdown pass of the night, I think they'll boo with smiles on their faces, mm-hmm. right? Because like, oh, okay, we have to boo you now, even though we will always love you and you can always come back whenever you want. Uh, but I, I think, and I, I do think if they play a tribute video or if they put something on the scoreboard when he breaks that record, that there will be uh, a loud ovation. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think the fans will probably leave there upset because I think the Patriots probably lose the game. But I think early on, when Brady's back there, they'll all enjoy seeing him. You said if there's a tribute video. There has to be, sure. right? There has to be. I mean, yeah, I would think so. Maybe they should do one for Gronk and then not Tom. <laughs> and then, and then see. Maybe we they should talk do about one, that all next week. What if they do one for Antonio Brown? Oh, yeah. He had His get, one week with he had us. a week. Yeah, he had, he, did he catch a touchdown pass? He did. He, he caught did. a touchdown pass. They could play that one over and over again. He played one game for the Patriots. I, I made the, the, the sort of snarmy reference yesterday on Get Up that – they have Tom Brady, they have Rom Gronkowski, they have Richard Sherman now, they have Antonio Brown. They are a lock to win Super Bowl 46. <laughs> the, the thing is, that's like eight years ago yeah. now, so we'll see what they are. They, they, and, but you have made the point repeatedly this morning with us that the timing in a variety of ways shapes up very badly for the Patriots. Yeah, look, they're dealing with a lot on their own. If this was not the game on their schedule, if they just had one of the, you know, one of the Jets games or one of the Dolphins games this week, they'd be feeling much better about the position they're in because they have a lot to work on. They thought their defense would be better by this point in the season than it is. They thought their offensive line would be better by this point in the season than it is. They're trying to break in a rookie quarterback. They're dealing with an injury to James White, who's one of their more significant offensive players figuring out how to overcome that. And, oh, by the way, in comes the circus, right? Like our Sunday countdown is going to be there, you know, 10 hours before kickoff. That I think the Today Show is there today, today. Right? They were like, there I this mean, morning. Like, yeah. like, I mean, like this is the last thing you want is all this descending on you when you're still trying.
trying to figure out your football team this early in the season. I agree. He presented by Progressive Insurance and Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. There are a few other games I want to go through with you. But first, uh, Bubba, it's my, my thing is not working. And now it's working. Um, so anyone who watches Get Up, you know that we have a, a really nice thing that we do regularly. Whenever Dan Graziano is on, he answers a trivia question from Hembo. We call it Sneaky Hembo. And it has become a great battle between the two of you because, Dan, candidly, you're just very good at this. So we thought we'd do one on the radio today. So Hembo has prepared a question for you. I do, Graziano. So just like the old Yankee Stadium was the house that Ruth built, Gillette yeah. Stadium might as well be the house that Brady built. There have been 177 games played at Gillette Stadium. Tom Brady has won 134 of those games. My question for you <laughs> is which quarterback has won the second most games at Gillette Stadium? That's a so, good question. I'm going to give you a minute to think about it, and right. I'm not going to make you answer it immediately. Although, That's a good question. well, you tell me, would you rather try to answer it immediately no, or I wanna, I talk wanna about a few other? Well, but we're going to be not going to have. See, here's the way this usually works. On TV, we have a commercial break, yeah. and you can sort of stand there. I'm going to ask you a variety of questions yeah. about other things. Do that, because then like, I'm, you might mention a team, and then like, the mention of that team will jog my memory, and maybe it'll help. I don't, is this an effort to make up ground? Like, is this going to count on this the will not count for the, right, This will not count for the sure official standings. You can just keep me here so you could make up some ground in the standings. No, we'll All see right. how it winds up going. No one way or another, player. that's the question. Who's won the second most games as a starting quarterback at Gillette Stadium behind Brady? Meanwhile... A lot of good games this week are getting sort of buried under all of this hype. And I want to start with Dallas and Carolina because I think it's a measuring stick game for both teams. Uh, Although, candidly, the Cowboys have played very good competition this year. They opened at Tampa. They beat the Chargers on the road. The Eagles are what they are. The Panthers, who are unbeaten, have beaten the Jets and the Texans, who were both terrible, and then they beat um, New Orleans in that crazy they week. No coaches, where they yeah. Say, yeah, right. The half their coaching staff was not there because of COVID. So, yeah. will the real Panthers please stand up? What do you expect? I, well, I'm picking the Panthers in this game, but the last two hours of my life have have led me to question the pick because I hear everybody else on Get Up talking about the Cowboys and how great they are and how the Panthers haven't played anybody and and all that. I still think that Panther front, that Panther pass rush, is is significantly tougher than anything the Cowboys have faced this year. And that's no offense to Tampa Bay's, which is obviously Super Bowl caliber. But I, I, think, they're, I think that defensive line will do a good job stopping the run and getting after Dak Prescott. And I think they have a chance to make it a tough game for the Timing Cowboys. also very much on the Panthers' side. And these things in my experience, Hembo, I'm not sure if there's a, a stat we could look up on this, but the Panthers are playing with all this extra rest. Yeah. They played a week ago Thursday. The Cowboys are actually playing on a short week. They played Monday. So you couldn't have a bigger... I, candidly, I don't know that you could have... Well, I guess teams come off buys. But for a game like this, you, it is an enormous disparity in the amount of time the Panthers have had to rest and prepare. So we'll see. It's an interesting game. No McCaffrey, yeah. no J.C. Horn that for the Panthers. Horn because That's a big one. McCaffrey, I think... Not you can replace McCaffrey, but what they do on offense, I think they can figure it out. But... You know, Dak Prescott's going to want to check out whoever's replacing J.C. Horn. Let's do some straight talk here, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. What's your game this week? Dan covers the game for us and for, for uh, you know, Sunday NFL Countdown every week. What is your game? Ravens-Broncos, the Louisville quarterback bowl. Uh, it's between, a good game. 
Yeah, Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, it is a good game. And the Ravens have, you know, they've been playing these ho-hum, boring games the last couple of weeks where they just roll and, and, and nothing exciting happens at the end. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that changes. The Broncos 3-0, and but everybody the Broncos have beaten is winless. So that's another team. You know, what, what are they really? Right. And the, and the Ravens should be able to test them, assuming Lamar's okay. Uh, right. What is the latest with him? Well, he, he missed practice the last two days, and they're, they're saying he has a back injury. Now, I know at the end of the Chiefs game, or during the Chiefs game, he did that flip into the end zone, and he landed, and, and uh, they said last week he had a hip issue as a result of that. He obviously played, and he was fine, but I wonder if this is related to all that as well. But uh, keeping a close eye on the practice report in Baltimore today to see how much he's able to do. To be clear, if you're not remembering it, what Dan is referring to, the Ravens two weeks ago had a thriller against yeah. Kansas City, and then last week they went on a 66-yard walk-off field goal that stoinks off the crossbar. So that's pretty good. Let me ask you one about the Jets, um, which is to say, you know, you make your home in this area, so you mm. obviously are sort of living amidst a lot of this. Your, your background really is in the NFC East, um, but I'm enormously concerned. I mean, I'm seeing yeah. red – I don't even know how to describe – they're, they're not even red flags – they're like those, what are those big uh, red towels that the, the guys in the bullfights have, right? You make the bull run at you, or like a red blanket. Or, what do you call those, a cape? I think it's a cape. A cape, that's, whatever yeah. it is. I'm seeing red capes right huh. now with the Jets based on the fact that, that someone decided it was a good idea to have a first-time head coach yeah. with a first-time offensive coordinator and a first-time defensive coordinator and a rookie quarterback with no experienced backup so what did you expect to happen? Yeah. Uh, this concerns me greatly. And then, by the way, they lost the left tackle in the first week. Right. And that, there's no way that that has helped, obviously. <laughs> Look, I mean, they, they have decided to let Zach Wilson play and, and uh, you know, apparently take his lumps uh, and work his way through it. We've seen flashes of the talent. I don't think there's any question about that. And certainly he is not the only rookie quarterback that is having struggles. So you have to keep that in mind. But you're right, the, the youth on the coaching staff, the inexperience on the coaching staff was a concern uh, coming into the season. Unfortunately, they did have a tragedy. They lost one of their most more ex- uh, experienced coaches right. uh, in, a, in a terrible accident during the offseason. And obviously uh, they've dealt with that as well. So look, I mean, I think we all thought it would be a rebuilding year for the Jets. The question is, did you think it would look this bad and this ugly, uh, and how quickly can they turn it around? I know Robert Sala is, is a very upbeat, positive guy who's preaching that it'll get better, and they do believe in Zach Wilson. But, yeah, I don't blame you for wanting to see something a little more positive than what you've seen so far. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise, and you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. So, before I let Dan go, you're going to try and answer this question. And and actually, don't tell him immediately if he's right or wrong, because I don't have the answer. You do not. And I'll try and answer it, too. Let's go. I I, I have a thought. Mm -hmm. I always play along with this, and mine doesn't count. Dan, I'll let you go first. I have a thought, Let me ask the question again for those just joining us. Including playoffs... Tom Brady won 134 games at Gillette Stadium, which was opened in 2002. Which quarterback has the second most wins there? I have a thought, too. I don't know the answer, but I do remember some big and surprising Baltimore Ravens wins there. I'm going to guess Joe Flacco. Okay, you're on the record. Greeny, what do you got? Now, that's better than my guess was going to be. So <laughs> well, we don't know I, that yet. I, I was, I, well... I like it better than I like my guess, <laughs> which was going to be Chad Pennington, and because of I was thinking of guys who play in the AFC East, sure. and he was the second best quarterback in that division for a lot of this time. So that's who I was going to go with. So the way I asked this question was actually very brilliant. Neither is correct. Chad Pennington <laughs> won three games at Gillette. 
Joe Flacco won two games. At Gillette, the correct answer is Cam Newton. Cam Newton won six games oh, at Gillette Stadium. Oh, Patriots. my God. That's totally <laughs> ignored <laughs> last year. Oh, that is brutal. The cap to you, One sir. of those wins, though, was with Carolina in 2017. That's exactly what you were hoping would happen. Exactly wow. So. We wow. did. We fell mm. right into well, that good trap. For, good for, that that is a brilliant phrase for him. But can you believe that? Yeah. Brady at 134. Cam Newton on the ne- next on the leaderboard at six. Well, well that's again. what I thought. Because I thought it was like three <laughs> or four would be the yep. answer. But, boy, yeah. Well, he was the quarterback there the whole time. So that part of it isn't that big a surprise. Okay. That is very well done. And uh, Dan, always uh, such a pleasure. Thank you very much, my man. It is great to see you. In the meantime, as we roll along here, I have a trivia question of my own. The Brady game this Sunday night is the second most expensive ticket in Boston sports in the last 15 years. Can you name the only game or event more expensive than this in Boston sports in the last 15 years? I've got the answer next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I told you a minute ago, this is actually the second most expensive ticket in Boston sports in the last 15 years. You would have thought it would have been number one, but it isn't. Game seven of the cup final in 2019, Bruins Blues, was actually much more expensive, at least as of whenever we last got this data. Right now, it's 1100 bucks to walk in the stadium Sunday night. It was almost 1900 for game seven, and I get it, game seven of a cup final, which is obviously a big deal unto itself. And Hembo, quickly, you have another note or two on this? Yeah, well, first of all, that, that, that needs to be presented with a caveat that Gillette Stadium holds 66000 whereas for hockey, it's 17000 So that obviously goes in, the, in that sense. But this also compares very favorably, surprisingly, <laughs> and, and, and at least in my opinion when I saw the numbers, to some of the other return games of the last 15 years. For example, when KD went back to play the Thunder, the average get-in price there was 320 bucks. When Peyton Manning went back to Indianapolis when he was a member of the Broncos, $267. So we're talking about an exponentially larger figure than some of these other sort of historic returns. And the last note here is that fans are coming from just all over the country to see this game. According to Vivid Seats, the average distance traveled, the average distance traveled for fans this game is 707 miles. Mm. A lot of people coming up from Florida to see this game. Yeah, and, and, and all over New England, too. I mean, that, you know, there's a long drive if you're coming down from Maine or someplace like mm-hmm. that, depending on the circumstances. Let me bring Ninko in on that thought on the Goodyear hotline, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. You know, Nick, you said on our TV show the other day that there are all these kids named Brady who will be at this stadium. Well, actually, Jenna Lane did the research into this. There were 3,268 babies named Brady 
in the Boston <laughs> area who were born during the time that he was the quarterback there. So I'd love to start with this. You, you, you live there. You played with him. You get this. How would you describe the way fans in New England felt about Brady? Let's, let, let's just say up until the minute that he left. I mean, Brady could do no wrong. Brady was the man. Brady is the man. I mean, come on. Look, they, they still have a ton of love for the guy. There's not going to be a boo in the stadium. I, I guarantee it. Uh, the respect factor is very high, um, especially if you have a child named Brady. I, I, I would think so. But, like, give me a little <laughs> color on that because, like, I covered Jordan, and I was there in Chicago when Jordan was at his best. And it's – it, it's unlike anything you've ever seen. Like it, hap- it comes along once in a lifetime when, like, you're a fan of a team living in a city and you have the best player ever in that city. And Brady is so, so incredibly iconic for all the things that he accomplished. Like, what was it like going around? Could you go someplace with him when, when he was playing there? Could you go to a restaurant, you know, in Boston together and have dinner? What would happen? Well, Greeny, think of it this way: I was a kid in the '90s and I lived in the suburbs of Chicago, right. so. Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls were like the team, and I w- they were in my hometown, and I used to put the, t- the games on and go outside and play basketball and say, Jordan with the fadeaway and do all that stuff. So I know what it's like to be a kid and have a dynasty in your city, and it's amazing. So I think that the general consensus is Tom Brady going to another team there's going to be definitely some heartstrings being pulled. There's probably going to be more grown men crying in the stands than there is on the field. But at the end of the day, it was a special 20-year run. The, the people and the fans of the New England area had a treat to every single year have the, the chance of winning a Super Bowl. I mean, think of it that way. 11 straight years of division championships. A lot of teams, when they just win the division, they have champagne and they have hat and t-shirt parties in new england it was just normal oh yeah they won the division yeah we've done that for a decade so now that that's not the case i think people should have a higher appreciation for what tom brady did here i i think that's indisputable ninko with me here straight talk wireless has rolled out 5g coverage nationwide you can get a samsung galaxy a32 5g for only 299 dollars no contract All on America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. We've spent all week talking about how Tampa is the better team in this matchup, Nick, and they are. They're the better team. But far stranger things have happened in sports history than New England winning this game. So tell me how they do it. If if Bill's going to find a way to do this, how does he do it? They're going to have to play mistake-free football. That's number one. So you can't fumble the ball. You can't have blocked punts. You can't have just negative plays. And, and when you do that, that's how other teams come into your place and beat you. And when you look at last week against the Saints, they played bad football. They did not play well. They did not play complimentary football on offense or defense or special teams. So if they want to have any chance of beating Tom, number one, they can't beat themselves. I get that. But it feels like they're going to have to do more than that because the Patriots typically don't do that, right? So what more do they do to win this game against Brady? Throw the football down the field more. Take more chances in the red zone. You can't settle for field goals. You have to score touchdowns. If you want to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and the way that he's throwing the football around the field, you have to take chances. You have to take risks. So in this game, they're going to have to put the ball in the air and let their playmakers go make plays. I like it. Rob Ninkovich with me here on ESPN Radio. One more for you. How about Mac Jones here? 
I don't feel sorry for people who, you know, have the opportunity in life that he has, but I kind of feel sorry for him this week. Um, it feels like he is sort of a bit player in this enormous drama that he has nothing whatsoever to do with. And um, it almost feels like he could be collateral damage if this thing goes the way most of us expect. What do you expect from him? Well, I, again, he wasn't, he was put in this position and it wasn't by his uh, choosing to do so. So, I would say that the Patriots try to make sure that they don't let him get hit on 50% of his dropbacks like they did last week. Trent Brown hopefully is back in the lineup to help that out. Um, so with that, with with what he's done in the first three weeks, taking care of the football, running the football, those are all so vital to having him have a successful day when it comes to Sunday night. Um, so it, it just can't all be on him. It, it definitely can't. That's not the way the sport is played. It's not just one guy. They got to protect him. They got to execute. You can't throw the ball to the other the opponent after the, the half and freaking give a team seven points on a pick six. You just can't do that to a young quarterback. So they're going to have to take care of him, and it's going to take a lot of the team to do that. It's going to be something else. Nico, I know you'll be there. Enjoy it. Thank you, my man. Great week, and I will see you next week. All right. See ya. It's Rob Nikovich there again, the pride of Joliet, Illinois. His, his performance, Hembo, when he did that open letter from the super fans on Wednesday was one of the most epic things we've had on get up. In fact, Bubba and Nuno, let's try and find that. It was, it was Nink in the first, it was like in, in the first hour of get up on Wednesday, we had him do a letter from the super fans in which he demanded that Matt Nagy become the starting quarterback of the bears. And it Hambo, it was a tour de force. It was brilliant. You suggested he do so in our pre-show meeting. I sent him a text and said, you have a whiteboard handy at the house? If so, you should have some fun with the uh, Bears' yardage output in that game, which, of course, was one net passing yard. And what he delivered was like legit like stand-up comedy. It was brilliant. He was great. Let's try and get that from earlier in the week if we can. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow was in the zone last night. He's been terrific as the Bengals are now 3-1 and one in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone with AutoZone, and we will get Matt Berry in here shortly, who is our fantasy expert, because I'm, I'm interested in the Joe Burrow of it all and many other things. Um, and, you know, that's, that's why all on these Football Fridays, I just want to, again, set up. We have Matt Barry every Friday, and we have Joe Fortenbaugh every Friday, because fantasy football and gambling have become such in, incredibly increased pieces of this football puzzle, and they are things I don't know nearly as intimately as I can sit here and talk about the history of the game and the other things that are really under my area of expertise. So I really wanted to bring that stuff to you guys every single week. Uh, Bubba, are we going to have Matt here, or you tell me, uh, should I move on to something else? He's not here yet. So, all right, we'll move on to a couple of other things here because there are, (coughs) pardon me, quite a few um, interesting games uh, out there this weekend, but it all is kind of getting buried under the Brady bill of it all. So let me give a couple of additional thoughts on them if I can. The meeting between the two of them before the game, I think people are going to be surprised by how friendly it is. And I think part of that is for show. Like, I think it is important. You've seen the way Bill has handled this all week long. I don't know the reason. I don't have a lot of insight, as most people don't, into exactly how Bill thinks. But clearly, the tone he has taken this week, not just with his team, but I think it is for himself and for I don't know if it's for his image or whatever it is, but I don't think he wants it out there that he and Tom hate each other. And I don't think he hates Brady. So I think it will be in his 
he will be interested in having a pleasant exchange. I don't mean the two of them are going to stand there and hug and talk about old times. But I think it will be more demonstrative and friendly than people are expecting. For Brady, I just think he's so image conscious that I think that's the image he wants to present. It's no coincidence that his dad is talking for him. It's no coincidence that Alex Guerrero, the TB12 guy, said the things he said last week. Those things are out there because Tom wants them out there. But I don't think he wants to be the author of them being out there. So I think he will be very friendly. So I think that that will be pretty good. But what I will say, and anyone who was, well, if, if you're listening to the show, you have watched Tom Brady play football a million times. That dude is demonstrative. <laughs> I think he talks as much trash as any quarterback that I've ever seen in the National Football League. And I think when the game starts is when that stuff comes out. And NBC, they're terrific. They'll do a great job of this. I think we will see a ton of that. I think we will see Brady looking over at the sideline. I think we will see Brady maybe giving it to the fans a little bit if he hears anything from them. I think Brady will be on another level emotionally, psychologically, and all of that stuff. And I'll tell you why. The great ones have an ability to focus amidst the chaos that boggles my mind. I can't comprehend their ability to do it. And it is the reason they are who they are. So I'll I'll just use a, a ridiculous example. I remember when my father died, I, I remember the feelings I had. I remember how difficult it was for me to focus on things. I remember doing all the different things that I had to do. I still cannot believe Brett Favre, the day after his father died, went out and played maybe the greatest game in Monday Night Football history. Why is that? Because these guys have the ability to lock in. This stuff is such a part ingrained in who they are. Playing quarterback in the NFL when you've been doing it as long as Favre had and, and as long as Brady has is kind of like just putting one foot in front of the other. So that's part of this, the muscle memory and everything else. But I think Brady is going to have a monster night. I think if you are one who plays DraftKings, and I am, I think Brady is a great pick this week. Um, I actually was looking over the numbers because I play every week. He is not the most expensive quarterback in DraftKings this week. I'm definitely going to play him because I think, and let me ask you, Hembo, what you think, I think he's going to have a monster night. I don't think he's going to have a monster night. Get out of here. I don't think that he's going to have a monster. I mean, he'll put up numbers because they throw the ball more than any team in the NFL. But I, think, I don't think we've talked enough about the possibility that Bill Belichick is going to know all the same things that you just said and is going to use that against Tom Brady. Tom Brady can't help but be charged up. He can't help but be charged up. Right now, the Patriots are a touchdown underdog at home. And right now, 94% of the public thinks the Buccaneers are going to cover that number. This is going to be a close football game. I think it's very likely to be a close football game just because New England has not really represented itself all that well this season. And just because we know the Bucs are loaded does not mean this is not going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. And if there's anyone in the world equipped to stop Tom Brady, it is Bill Belichick. Here's the part of this that bothers me. And I'll make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. I think you're right about everything you just said, which is to say Belichick will do as good a job as can be done under the circumstances. But he has two huge things working against him. One of them is, to, well, I guess both of them are timing, which is to say I think that the Bucks coming off a loss last week is a big deal. I think that matters in a big way this week. 
And the second element, I'll just call it the timing of it, is he is bringing a knife to a gunfight. Belichick's team just isn't that good. If you've watched them play through three weeks, they're not that good. They obliterated the Jets, who are everyone will. They've not won another game. <clears throat> they lost to Miami, who hasn't won a game since, and they got worked by New Orleans last week. That they, they had a lot of things exposed. All the things that we thought were going to be good about New England have not been. They don't run it as well as we thought they would. Their offensive line isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. They got back all these defensive guys who opted out last year. We thought they'd be. They're not that good. Mac Jones is a rookie. He's excellent, but he's not a robot. Like he's he he looked like a rookie last week and is going to. So I I never want to go with ninety four percent of the money, but I think the Bucks are going to kill him. I, I I think Brady will throw seven touchdowns <laughs> if he has the ability to. I really do. Let's not forget two things. One, the biggest strength of this Patriots team is its secondary. So Tom Brady is not going to be able to throw the football down the field the same way that he did in week one and week two. Their secondary is the one area in which they can probably hold up a little bit. And the second thing, Greeny, as you well know, is that Bill Belichick's teams often start slowly. They often started slowly with Tom Brady. That doesn't mean that this team is going to wind up winning the Super Bowl just because Brady's team sometimes did when they started 1-3. and three. But it is to say they're going to get better as the season goes because that's what his teams do. Uh, that's, that, that may very well be true. I don't think it starts Sunday night. <laughs> so I'll make my official picks when we do Who You Got a little later this morning. But um, boy, that 94% of the money, that scares me to death because 94% of the money is never right. Like 94% of the money is right 6% of the time. That's right. And, That's right. <laughs> and, and I think this is going to be part of that 6%. But Vegas, what game did Vegas take a bath on this week? The Monday night game. Dallas Cowboys. A similar <laughs> public output there, and the Cowboys won by 20 points. All right, we will see. Uh, obviously, plenty on that game this week, but we have a whole lot more. There is one player who, in my view, has elevated more than any other in the sport this year. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. I'm going to give Hembo a quick green light because we never short shift the baseball here. We are heading into the final weekend. There's a lot at stake, and there's an interesting note on the Astros clinching last night. Congratulations to the Houston Astros. They clinched the American League West last night. Greeny, it is their fourth division title in the last five seasons. Dusty Baker, of course, is their manager, and he became the only person ever to take five different teams to the playoffs. So congratulations (laughs) to Dusty Baker and to the Houston Astros. We move east, and I have to congratulate the Atlanta Braves, who destroyed my beloved Phillies by sweeping them in a three-game series to clinch their fourth consecutive National League East title. A lot of people, you might recall, Greeny left them for dead after Ronald Acuna Jr. uh, injured his knee halfway through the season. He's been out ever since and will not uh, return until next year, but give them a lot of credit for picking up the pieces and winning the National League East against all odds. So a lot of these matchups are set now. The Braves will play the Brewers in an NLDS starting next week, and the Astros will play the White Sox Mm -hmm. 
in an ALDS next week, and then we still got to figure out the wild card of it all in the American League. And that's because the Yankees have not yet clinched, but their magic number is now down to two after beating the, uh, the Blue Jays and beating Robbie Ray, who's going to win the American League Cy Young last night. Aaron Judge hit two rockets to the moon. He hit two home runs uh, yesterday to center field. Both traveled over 440 feet. And on the other side, we saw the Red Sox inexplicably lose a three-game series to Baltimore. So right now, the Boston Red Sox, who were sitting pretty not too long ago, are tied with an 89-70 and record with the Mariners heading into the last weekend of the season in Washington. Washington's not very good. But Boston's going to be without their DH, J.D. Martinez, who can't play the field, or Kyle Schwarber, or someone else that's important in that lineup. They're playing at a disadvantage the last weekend of the season. All right, we'll see. It all gets settled this weekend, and, and we will certainly have plenty of coverage for you as the playoffs come next week. Did you know that airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring? Who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I told you Matt Rule had some interesting comments on Dak Prescott, who is the player that I believe has elevated more than any other in the NFL this year. Matt Rule, coach of the Panthers, getting set to take on Dak in Dallas this week, said this. You know, I've watched him last year. I've watched him this year. I mean, he's, he's superb. When you just put the, pull the whole thing back, it all goes back to it's like watching Peyton Manning. It's like watching Drew Brees, you know, call the game at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, think, I think what Dak's doing right now is uh, unbelievably impressive. Wow. I mean, that is extraordinary praise. And your first reaction when someone says that is, ah, oh, that's the other coach talking the guy up. You sort of roll your eyes or, igno- or ignore it. But RC made the point on our show this morning, and I think it's a good point. Dak, at the stage of his career that he is, is better than Breeze was at the same point in his career. Probably not better than Peyton Manning was, <clears throat> but probably not as far away as you might be inclined to think. But Dak, his trajectory has been extraordinary. All he's done basically is win. He's put up big numbers. He gets better all the time, and he is now winning the game on the line of scrimmage with his mind the way the great quarterbacks do. Dak Prescott is on his way to being, if he isn't, one of the truly elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, at some point here, we're no longer going to have Brady. We're no longer going to have Rodgers. Someone needs to step into that void as the best guy in the league. Mahomes is the obvious chosen uh, successor to all of that. He may even be the best of them now. But do not overlook Dak being one of those guys. Like when you think about the next wave of great quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe you separate Mahomes from everybody else. But I think Dak is in the next wave. Whoever it is you like, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Lamar Jackson, who, you know, there are a lot of different flavors for a lot of different football fans. But Dak, I believe, goes right there with any of them. I think he is that Good. And you have a stat for me, Hambo? As I was watching him carve up the Eagles on Monday night, I just can't, couldn't help but think to myself, this guy has become an absolute sniper. And I have a number that I think best illustrates the fact that he is the most accurate quarterback in the league right now. Through three games, he's attempted 111 passes. At ESPN, we track every single one of those. And we have tagged only 11. 11 of 111 as off target. In other words, Dak Prescott is at the point now, Greeny, where he is missing once a quarter. He yeah. is as accurate as there is 
Ten out of every eleven passes he throws are accurate. He's he is. What's good for that? Like I'm for sure most fans ha- don't know that. What's a good number? Twice that ratio is still a good number. Really? Twice. He is impossibly accurate at oh, the moment. I like it. Uh, uh, Bubba, are you wearing the Dak jersey today? Who do we got today? Bubba's got a cowboy jersey on. Oh yes, he is. He's wearing <laughs> the Dak jersey to today. Back to back. Back to back. Dak. Back to Dak. Big week. Big game. Number Carolina. Everything is is sort of getting buried under the Brady stuff. Uh, we got plenty more as we roll on. Don't go anywhere. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at ten Eastern on ESPN Radio, and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast. <laughs>